Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kyle Report wherever you get your podcast. You watch it on YouTube. You know the deal. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's AMP. IRE, always much appreciated when you tune in and you can read my work on ESPN.com and you can also read my guest work on ESPN.com. That's ESPN's 49ers reporter, Nick Wagner. I wanted to bring him on to talk about Adam Peters, what he can tell you about Peters that you need to know and why this is such a good hire for the commanders. Now, a couple of things. I'm going to have another podcast on Monday, so stay tuned for that. I'll get into more of the coaching stuff at that point. But also, as far as people keep asking me about when is the press conference for Peters, it hasn't been set yet. Could be Tuesday, could be Wednesday, but I look for it around then, not Monday, because they're gonna, there are games being played. And so it, would be like, it most likely would be Tuesday or Wednesday. And again, I'll get into more of the coaching stuff. we got a lot of stuff planned for next week, a lot of good insight coming. So hopefully you stick around or come back for that. Anyway, enough from me. Here's my conversation with ESPN's Nick Wagner talking about Adam Peters. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KIME. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nick, we talked about Adam Peters just a few weeks ago when you had the privilege of being on this podcast. So we're back again to go a little bit more in depth on a guy that you know well. What is Washington getting in Adam Peters? Yeah, it's it's interesting, John, because when I was on the last time, one of the things that you and I talked about was that Adam Peters isn't just going to leave for any old job, right? Like this, he's he's passed up some other opportunities. I don't think he's heavily pursued some other ones that maybe he could have gotten in recent years. But he wanted to go to the right situation. It, would, it was going to have to be a really good situation to get him away from the 49ers, which is the team that he grew up loving. This is He's from Cupertino. His family is from here. All of those different things that we talked about. And then when we find out that Bob Myers is going to be heavily involved in the search, it was like, well, I think Adam may be real interested in this. Um, and you could, it was pretty easy to connect the dots. So first of all, just from an outsider's perspective, I think – for Commanders fans, I'm happy for for all of you that are listening right now because I think it really speaks to what I think, and I've told you this, so you can vouch for me here, that I think it's the best position, the best openings, job and, and GM and coach in the league right now. And it's probably been a long time since anyone could say that with a straight face out there. So um, I think that this situation for Adam 
is the right thing. It seems like he's going to have a, a big bulk in the say. He's going to have a big say in the, the head coach. He's going to have a big say in the structure of the personnel department underneath him. And he's going to get a chance to build something from the ground up. And he did that here as a part of the team, but he wasn't necessarily uh, viewed as the architect or at least as the lead architect on the project. And so um, I think it, I think that Washington checked a lot of boxes for him. I think it's probably going to be pretty hard for him to leave the, the 49ers because I think he's very happy here. Um, but I do think it's the right situation for him. And then as far as what Washington is getting in him, I, I mean, he is – to me, one of the three most significant figures in the 49ers rebuild since 2017, since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan got here in 2017, from a personnel standpoint, strictly, maybe the most important figure. Um, and I'm not trying to mitigate, you know, the losses of Martin Mayhew and, and Rand Carthon and some of the other guys that have left for other jobs over the years. But Adam was the guy who was brought in to be John Lynch's right-hand man because John Lynch had never been a general manager before and they wanted to have somebody who could who could be that guy and, and kind of help John Lynch learn the ropes and all those types of things, take some of that off his plate. He was instrumental in building the team, particularly with late-round draft picks. The Niners have been as good or better than any team in the league, not just finding useful guys in the late rounds, Finding stars, George Kittle in the fifth round, Dre Greenlaw in the fifth round, Brock Purdy in the seventh round, Fred Warner a third round. I mean, I can go on and on. Guys, DJ Jones, who's a really solid defensive tackle for the Broncos, got a $10 million a year deal. He was a sixth-round pick in the 49ers. So uh, the, the track record speaks for itself. I think that it's it's a great hire for Washington. Um, I think it's I think it is a significant loss for the 49ers, but um, I, I don't think there's any doubt that it was the right situation. I'm not even sure, John. If he had been, you know, if he hadn't gone to Washington, if there had been another job in this cycle that he would have wanted. Uh, so I do think it speaks really highly kind of going both ways that this is a good match. And what what was he what's he known for out there? I know like what I when I've heard people they talk about, like you said, player evaluation. And one one person who, who's dealt with this league for a long time said that he does a really good job of finding guys that fit the scheme. So that is that is the single biggest thing. And is exactly what I was just going to say is. Kyle Shanahan, uh, well, to the surprise of no one listening to this, is very particular about what he's looking for in players. And a lot of that isn't necessarily just height, weight, speed stuff that jumps off the tape. Some of it is, is the stuff that you hear everybody talk about, which is, you know, how much do they love football, which is a hard thing to find out. You know, you can, guys can fake that. And so it's it's difficult. So that's a little part of it. But the other part of it is it, so much of draft evaluation, almost all of it is projection, right? Like you're you're looking at a player, what, what he did in college, trying to determine what his opponent level was like, what his skill set is, and how it's going to translate, not just to a level that's more difficult, but to a scheme that is also more difficult, more intricate, all those types of things. And I think that is really where he made his bones. I just alluded to it. I think a lot of those late round picks are Adam Peters- heavy uh if you if you go back through them where he was he's looking let's just use george kittle as an example you know they bring in george kittle he was a skinny tight end out of iowa didn't catch hardly any passes he was a willing blocker but not necessarily like a thumping thumping blocker at the college level and they looked at him and they said okay this guy runs fast he didn't get the ball a lot he was in a ball control he has kirk ferentz offense that had more punting you know more punting yards this year than they did offensive yards um, and, it, and it's always been that way. But when we put him in what Kyle Shanahan is going to ask him to do, is he smart enough to take on all that we're going to ask him to do? Because it's not just can you go in and run block and then run routes and catch passes. It's 
when you are blocking, particularly in the run game, angles, understanding timing, keeping guys on track, making sure you're not stepping into the running backs track, all of these things that people don't necessarily think about, but like there's a very specific aiming point that George Kittle might have on a run play that if he doesn't hit it, the whole run play is blown up. And so I say all that to say, I think that that's where Adam Peters has done a really good job where he's identifying the specific skills and the strengths of certain guys. And then figuring out how those project into what the coach that he's working with is going to do. And I do think that, you know, if, he, if you're looking at, I know you guys are talking a lot about Ben Johnson out there as, as the, as the primary uh, kind of number one contender for that coach job. It makes a lot of sense because I think Adam Peters would, would find a little easier transition uh, working with another offensive coach who is going to be demanding and asking for things like that. And they're going to be on the same page. Another one is Bobby Slowick. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I would think that he would be high. I would assume he'd be a high on his list. So, like, I don't know what if you know what the relationship was like, but obviously, you know Bobby and what he what how he is. Yeah, and it is. I don't I don't know the exact you know how close they were or anything right. like that. But I, I do know that both of those guys are really smart. Um, and generally smart people. I mean, look at you and I having a conversation right now. Generally smart people generally have conversations and get and get together and and talk. And so, um, I, I think you know Bobby Slowick. I, I am not at all surprised at the success that he's having in Houston. I actually talked to Kyle Shanahan last week about Bobby Slowick uh, helping out our teammate in Houston for a story he was working on on Bobby. And, you know, Kyle tells the story and you've probably heard this many times. I've written it. It's been talked about a lot, but I wrote this in 2018. I think it's 2018. Kyle Shanahan will tell you that the single most important thing in his entire coaching career was working in Tampa when he was a quality control coach at night, every night, he would sneak into the defensive meeting room run by Monty Kiffin. Some of the coaches in that room, Mike Tomlin, Herm Edwards, Rod Marinelli, Joe Barry, Joe, guys that all went on to either be head coaches or defensive coordinators or both, like just a, a star-studded cast. And Kyle will tell you that that experience, learning defense, the ins and out of defense, is what has made him so successful as an offensive coach. Bobby Slowick, when he got to San Francisco, you know what his job was, John? He was defensive quality control. Dude, he was here. And Exactly. And, and, and the same thing. So uh, that's, that's really a part of kind of the growth that you see. And, and I think that uh, his understanding of defense from the inside out has made him a successful offensive coordinator. Obviously, if you're, if you're Adam Peters right now, and you're looking at the situation there in Washington, you're saying we have the number two pick, this is going to be a golden opportunity to get our quarterback. We're probably not going to do what the Niners did in 2017 and pass on them and hope that Kirk Cousins comes to us and then trade for Jimmy. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, so you're looking at it and saying, who are the guys that are going to make the most sense that are going to get that franchise quarterback to that level? Because at the end of the day, the most important people in the organization will be Adam Peters, whoever the coach is and whoever the quarterback is. And so if he can make sure that all three of those things are in alignment right off the bat, um, I think it's it's kind of fast tracking whatever type of rebuild is going to be necessary. And that's a good point too. And like just a couple more, but like when you, because how long have you covered the Niners now? 2016 was my was my first year. So I did one year of chip okay. and then I've been here with Kyle the whole time. So when they got there, that's right. I knew you got there before when it was kind of a messy situation. So how did they, how were they able to turn around? Because it wasn't just, like that was a tough job to go to at that time. Absolutely. And some of it was, you know, Jed York was in a tough spot because they had been through three coaches in three years. And so any good coach that was going to go there, he basically just had to give them a blank contract and a check and say, 
come on, whatever you want to do, we're going to give you an opportunity to do it if you're going to get a good coach because, you know, they had, they had had the falling out with Harbaugh. Balky and Harbaugh had the falling out. And then they hired Jim Tom Sula, which is just an abject disaster. And then they hired Chip Kelly, which I always say, you know, Chip took a lot of crap here, but he didn't have a chance. Like, he, this was an awful roster. Trent Balky was on his third coach, was basically had one foot out the door, and he and, and he and Chip were never really on the same page. So that was like a, a forced marriage. But the biggest thing, and I think any coach or GM that's done this, guys who've been around the league a long time will tell you, the single most important relationship, hell, Pete Carroll talked about it the other day in his press conference for a while. The single most important relationship you can have in a building and you're doing this type of job is between the coach and the general manager. And they don't have to necessarily be on the same page with everything, but they do have to be able to get on the same page. And that can mean disagreements. And in fact, disagreements are encouraged. Right. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch will tell you, I've, I've written about this before. Kyle Shanahan is Mr. Pessimism. He likes to call himself a realist, but John Lynch is Captain America. He's Mr. Optimistic. And so sometimes when they're talking through things, they 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 just inherently disagree on the possibilities. Christian McCaffrey trade is a great example. John Lynch went to Kyle Shanahan and said, Let's trade for Christian McCaffrey. I think we could do this. Kyle Shanahan said, No way. We don't have we don't have any first round picks. This is going to be too expensive. We can't do this. John Lynch is like, just just give me some time. You know, we work on it. Of course, Kyle was on board with the player. It was just the idea of how you get from A to B. Anyway, I say that because I think that is the number one thing, and and I, it's why I admire what Washington is doing because they're being diligent about trying to get who who they want to be their their figurehead, but also making sure that he's in place so that they could bring in a coach and make sure that they are simpatico, that they can work together. And, and that's the whole thing where, you know, the Trent Balky thing didn't work with Jim Harbaugh. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But if you were, let's say you're Washington and you wanted to hire Jim Harbaugh, or you wanted to hire Bill Belichick. Well, now you're giving them basically total control here, where I think you're going to get a little bit more of a cooperative uh, with, with what you're going to look at there. And I think that is the most important thing because you need that push and pull. It's it's like creative tension almost, I think, between coach and GM. And I think it's really important to have so long as at the end of the day, when they do make a decision, even if they disagree on the, the, you know, the ins and outs of that decision, when they make that decision, they're on the same page and they move forward together. Right, and I think that's a big key because it's like people hear same page and think it's uh, it's never a universal agreement. You It shouldn't be because if it never. is, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. I think the way you challenge somebody is by sometimes disagreeing with them and forcing them to come to like to defend that and you see the conviction and all that. So that, I agree with that. Like when Joe Gibbs was here with Bobby Beathard, they didn't always agree, but they built Super Bowl champions. So the last two things, one, Martin Mayhew worked there with Adam Peters what do you think this might mean for Martin May? And by the time this comes out, we may have an idea, Mayhew, but what do you think this might mean for him? And what was his yeah. reputation with the Niners? I mean, everybody really liked Martin. I mean, anyone that's been around him out there, I'm sure feels the same way. Just a class guy, a smart guy, you know, just friendly, All you know, works really hard, all those types of things. Um, you know, he was the guy, when they brought in Adam Peters, they still, because Peters was relatively young, uh, when they brought him to San Francisco, at least in terms of like have, holding a higher up position within the personnel department. So Martin was kind of going to be John Lynch's like veteran guy that he could bounce stuff off who'd been through things. So if he said like, hey, we're talking about this trade when you made this trade for Detroit or whatever, like, what was that like? Can you talk, you know, can you give me insight into how it played out? And so I think it was they had a really nice balance back then 
uh, between Adam and, and Martin, where they were both sounding boards, but in kind of different ways where Adam is kind of the, the, you know, the, the young hotshot for lack of a better term, but who, who's really good with personnel evaluation. And then Martin could kind of be there as the sounding board who understands how this thing work. And he could maybe point out the flaws in someone that maybe others couldn't think, or maybe has a little bit better handle on, Hey, this guy may not love football as much, you know, those types of things that we were talking about where he's just been around so long that he can recognize certain things. So I don't necessarily know. I mean, you know better than me, of course, that, you know, th that it wouldn't be impossible for Martin to stay and 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 keep working with Adam. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I don't I'm not to my knowledge. There's no like bad feelings there or anything. I think I think they get along. So um, I could also see a scenario in which Martin comes back to San Francisco, um, you know, if they if they do decide to part ways there in Washington. So um, I don't have any doubts that he's going to land on his feet one way or the other. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily know. How Adam views that, I guess that just depends on how what kind of structure he wants to build out. But again, for him, even still as a relatively young guy, as a GM for the first time or as the head of football operations for the first time, having a sounding board who's been around and, and done that like Martin is probably not a bad thing. No, and Martin is a smart guy, and so and I, you know, and I think he does what he is asked. I think he can. I think he understands how to fill the role he's asked to fill. So that's always a good thing. Last thing, I also heard that that in the locker room and you would know better that Peters was pretty respected, that guys seem to like him. And I don't know how important that is as a general manager, but I think it's good when you have it. Is that, is that a fair, a fair description? They definitely liked him. I have no doubt about that. I can, I can, I can tell you that right firsthand from talking to guys that they liked him. And I do think it matters. And I think, you know, one of the things that John Lynch has done here that he's, that he's like kind of the thing he was best at right away is is that personal side of the job. And in a lot of ways, you know, we're sitting here talking and I'm not trying to say that John Lynch hasn't done a good job on the personnel side. I'm just saying that I think Adam Peters had a big hand in a lot of that kind of stuff. And, and Kyle did as well. But what John is, is, is a unifier. Like John was the guy who, when the culture was broken, he's the guy who's helping forge the culture that you want. And so he's the guy who's in the locker room and has a relationship with all these guys and is talking to them all the time. And if they, Hey, is there anything I can do to help you? I'm just using safety, which is an easy example because it was the position that he played, but Talanoa Hufanga does not hesitate to go to John Lynch when he said, when he has questions about, you know, safety play and, and things that he's seeing and, and, you know, uh, calculating his instincts versus what the scheme is asking him to do and when it's right to take risks and all those kinds of things that only a guy like John Lynch, who's a hall of fame safety can know. And so I say that because I don't think Adam Peter, Adam Peters obviously doesn't have a hall of fame playing career under his belt that guys automatically are going to respect. But I do think Adam watched that stuff. I think Adam was, it was around a lot and you, you, you always saw him in the locker room. You saw him around paying close attention to how things were being done here. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. It, you know, it's not, it's not just a one-to-one. -one. You can't just transfer 49ers culture to Washington, but I do think at least gives you an idea of this is what it's supposed to look like. And um, I just, you know, just to give you one more example, I, I spent some time yesterday with Steve Wilkes for a story that I'm working on. Steve obviously has, has been through the ringer a bit, you know, in terms of kind of unfair uh, opportunities with him as a head coach didn't work out in Carolina, didn't work out in Arizona. And I asked him, I said, I said, Steve, what, what is like, when you go into coaching searches now, and his name has come up in Atlanta, it's come up with the chargers. Um, maybe it comes up there because he and Adam know each other, uh, you know, here re relatively soon. But I, I said, what is, what is the thing that you took away the most from, from that experience? And he said, he said, I, I know my purpose now. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, my purpose is when you're a young coach and you're just trying to get on latch on, you're trying to get a job for the first time. And this probably applies to GMs too. 
You just want one of the 32 jobs, right? right. There's 32 jobs and they're not, they're hard to get. So you just take what, you know, you take the one that is offered to you. And he said, I can't do that anymore. It needs to be the right situation. It needs to be a situation where everybody's on the same page. The resources are there. The, the ownership is, invo is involved in the way that they're giving you what you need to succeed, but not overly involved so that they're meddlesome. Those types of things. And I say that because I think that is what and Adam Peters is, is has understands. He understands that even better than Steve Wilkes because he's been here longer. But he knows that these are the things that he's going to have to instill, and these are the things that he's going to want. Where you got to get the coach and the GM on the same page, and then you start finding players who fit in with with what you're trying to do, and then it all works from there. That was a super long winded yeah. answer. Oh, it's great. I bounced all over the place, but that's but that is, but that is that is I think what what you're going to see there in Washington. That's great. And I think, does this complete the Trent Williams trade that Washington finally got something back? It might. I might. Do you remember who the, who did they end up drafting with the picks they got? Do you remember? Oh, I, you know what? I have to double check. I forget. Like, and it was, was not a good trade for them. So it worked out okay for the 49ers, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Nick, thank you. That's great insight. And, you know, I think people in Washington should be excited because this was the Grand Slam hires described to me. I think Ian Cunningham was a really good candidate, but I think they got the guy that they needed. And so we'll see what happens next. Nick, thanks a lot. You got it, John. See you, bud. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Nick for joining me. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back on Monday with another podcast. I'll talk to you next time.